Hello. If you're able to, please close your eyes. Take a deep breath in. And a deep breath out. Relax your shoulders. Unclench your jaw. Take another deep breath in. And another breath out. You can open your eyes now. My name is David and welcome to Mindful Moments. I've had a bit of an anxious morning, but that deep breath really helped. That really worked. I feel much better. And of course, I always feel much better after recording these episodes and after speaking to you. So hello. How are you doing? I hope you're well. It's been just over three months since I finished 75 Hard. Just to recap what that is, it's a 75-day mental toughness challenge where you follow five rules. Do two 45-minute workouts a day. One of those has to be outside. Drink a gallon of water. Read 10 pages of a non-fiction book every day. Take a progress picture every day. And follow a diet with no cheat meals and no alcohol. Follow those things every day for 75 days in a row. And if you fail, you have to start again from day one, no matter how far along you are. I completed that back in July. And I feel that it's been enough time since that I can talk about the effects of it. Obviously, I talked about it immediately after finishing. And so my thoughts were very fresh. I was still on the high of having finished and I hadn't experienced any of the aftermath of finishing a challenge like that. 75 Hard is actually the first step of the Live Hard program by Andy Frisella, who created the challenge. And I encourage research into that. There's a step after 75 hard called phase one, which is 30 days of all the rules of 75 hard with three extra rules on top of that. And I didn't do phase one. After 75 hard, I went back to, well, not went back to, but resumed my usual routine in a new way, which I'll get into later. I didn't do 75 hard to transform myself. It wasn't a transformation. I didn't do it because I wanted to be different and I don't like who I am. I did it as recalibration, as elevation. I did it because I needed something that would help me to lean into the strengths that I've been working on over the last few years, my discipline, my consistency, showing up for myself. I didn't do it to punish myself. I did it to try and feel better. And one of the many reasons that I didn't tell anyone that I was doing it when I was doing it is because I'm aware of how extreme a challenge like that can seem from the outside in. But I didn't do it to, for any extreme ends. I just did it because, as I said, I wanted to lean into those things. Doing it, completing it, doing it consistently and making sure that I got through it, it did a lot for me. Was 75 hard worth it? Yes. I won't leave you waiting until the end of the video to hear that. Did 75 hard change me? Yes, it did. And that needs to be explained a little bit more. So let's get into it. Doing 75 hard, following those rules, 
All of those were things that only I could do for myself. Nobody can really help you with any of those things. They're all things that you have to do for yourself. And they're things that you have to do every day. So I feel I spent a lot of time with myself every day. Every day I was thinking of the things that I had to do. I was by myself when I was exercising. I was doing all of those tasks and really very present and very lucid. Obviously, you're not allowed to drink as part of the challenge. I haven't been drinking for the majority of this year anyway, so that happened to fit in. But I have been this year very lucid, generally very present. And I feel like I spent a lot of time in my own head. And that was the first big transformational thing beyond any of the effects of the rules themselves. One of the big transformational things was just being present with myself so much every day. My days were quite long so I could fit everything in. I was sleeping very well. I was keeping a very good sleep pattern because without sleep, I wouldn't be able to do all the other things I was supposed to do during the day. And being so present and being so with myself all the time really brought on a sense of clarity that I haven't had, I feel ever really in my adult life. A lot of the time, because life has so many aspects to it, there's just so much to think about all the time. I feel that I would tend to slip into autopilot. If I had a lot to do, I had a lot on my plate, I had too many things to contemplate, I had the emotional, I had the practical, I would just sometimes really slip into autopilot and just tick boxes, take care of the things I needed to take care of, call it a day, do it again the next. Part of this challenge that really was a struggle at the beginning, the first month or so, was being so loosened and so present all the time. I feel like that was more exhausting than any of the actual exercise, any of the meal planning or any anything like that, anything logistical, literally just being present and awake all the time was really tough for the first month, actually probably for the first like 45 days. And then once I settled into it, it was a really wonderful feeling because I wasn't numbing anything. Of course, the difficult things were quite difficult, but the good things were really wonderful. And I also felt how manageable the difficult things were compared to what I'd originally thought. A lot of the things that I would avoid out of convenience, difficulty-wise, I realized that I didn't actually need to avoid. They were much bigger in my head. They are much more difficult to deal with in my head than to actually practically deal with. One of the best things I've ever heard on anxiety is to feed your brain with action and not with thought. And of course, our feelings need to be thought through, need to be understood. But a lot of the time, I do cross that line from thinking about something to figuring it out and dwelling on it and thinking too hard about it and letting it stop me from doing things that I need to do. So being able to contemplate my thoughts properly and feeding my brain with action for that 75 day period was something that really, really worked very well for me and something that's continued since the challenge has finished. I'm still not drinking. I'm still very lucid. I feel that I'm showing up very much every day in my life. And as I said, the difficult can be quite difficult. I do feel my negative feelings quite acutely, but I feel a pride that I didn't feel before in the fact that I face those things and I deal with them day to day. And I feel a joy 
that's on a level I wasn't really feeling before because I'm so present and lucid for all the good things that are happening for me as well. I say all of that as a foundation before I talk about specifics because that is the main, I'd say that, yeah, that's the main improvement that I've seen in my life since doing 75 hard. As I said, it's a mental toughness challenge because of the amount of physical activity involved. A lot of people think it's a physical challenge, but it's not. And of course I did change physically. You don't exercise twice a day and not change physically, but that was secondary to the mental benefits that I got from doing this challenge. Despite the mental benefits, I do have to say that immediately after, I'd say for the, probably about three weeks after, I did find it very hard to mentally adjust to not doing 75 hard anymore. One of the things I think the 75 hard is geared to do is to make you your most productive self. And I was super productive during that time period. I mean, I started this podcast during this time period. I am a productive person by nature. I'm a disciplined and consistent person by nature because of the work that I've done for years prior to starting or doing this, this, this mental toughness challenge. And one of the traps that I fall into is treating myself like I am a machine created for productivity, especially as someone who's creative. For me, that's the wrong approach to life. And all of this is very specific. This is all very personal to me. This is my personal journey. This is my journey through life. And this is where I am now. In that I don't believe that my ultimate purpose is to be as productive as possible. Because of my life and the way that I've grown up and the things I want in life, I know that to have certain things I want, I do have to work very hard. I had to be very productive and I had to be on top of myself. But I also love to create. I love to enjoy my life. I love to enjoy my time with friends. I love my freedom. As a creative, structure is so important. It's so key, especially to achievement. But my life isn't all about achievement. And achievement doesn't necessarily mean the things I've always thought it's meant. It doesn't mean success in the ways that success usually looks to other people, money, accolades, etc. Achievement means a contented, fulfilled, balanced life. And so being productive all the time isn't actually as valuable to me as I once thought. And doing 75 hard really helped to underline that for me. That's one of the reasons I didn't go onto the more extreme that I didn't carry on with phase one, because I realized that though the 75 hard helped me to be super productive, in those 75 days, I sacrificed a lot of things that I don't think are bad for me and that I actually want to have. In the weeks after the 75 hard, Towards the end of the time, I was starting to get physically very tired. I was feeling like my body was never fully recovered and I was never getting the time to fully recover and rest. That's one of the concerns that a lot of people raised when I posted about doing 75 hard. They were saying, is that not too much exercise? And I didn't feel for myself that it was sustainable for much longer. So after finishing, my plan was to take a break immediately, take a week and do absolutely nothing. And that didn't happen. In fact, the week after I finished 75 hard, I did everything that I that I usually did. I exercised twice a day. I followed all the rules without even intending to. It was almost like I couldn't avoid doing those things, which if those things had continued to be good for me would be a good thing, but it wasn't really. I find it hard to descale from that level of intensity and that level of intensity wasn't valuable to me anymore. To do anything extreme, you're talking dieting, exercising, all that kind of stuff. It can bring very good short-term results. 
but I've always been a long-term consistency person. That's what I truly believe in. And as I said, the goal of this wasn't to transform myself. It was improvement, small improvement, recalibration. And so that didn't really work out for me. I didn't like that. I had to really sit down and do a lot of journaling. I did a lot of journaling on it to what do you want your life to look like right now? I started to feel like I was pushing myself for the sake of pushing myself and letting negative emotions be the driving factor of that rather than knowing that I was doing the things I was doing because they were actually good for me. So that was the difficult thing to adjust to after stopping, or after ending the challenge. And it did take me three, three to four weeks, yeah, around a month to really adjust to a schedule that I felt better suited me. But adjust I did. To be honest, to adjust from doing too much to doing enough is probably, it's a bit of a champagne problem, isn't it? It's a, it's a better problem to have, I feel, than to not know how to get to where you want to be. Doing too much, I feel like it's easier to scale back than it is to scale up. So fortunately, I managed to do that. And I feel my schedule now is exactly where I wanted it to be. I feel the 75 hard did exactly what I wanted it to do. One of the things it really highlighted, and this is where I'll get more into specifics, is my dopamine sources. You've heard me talk a lot about my phone usage because obviously I create content. My phone usage is always heavy on my mind. And I realized that there are so many things in my life that bring me dopamine, which is great, wonderful. Dopamine is a good thing. I want to feel good. It's good to feel good. Better to feel good than it is to feel bad. No problem with wanting dopamine. It was my dopamine sources that I really examined because during the 75 hard, they changed. I love sweets. I love chocolate. I love cake. I love sugar. I really love sugar. I really love sugar. In the episode where I talked about doing the 75 hard, I believe it's episode five, I talked about the list of snacks that I wanted whilst doing the 75 hard. And I wrote that list. And I have worked my way through that list gradually, gradually, but I have worked my way through that list since completing the 75 hard. It's just hard for me not to. But sugar, being on my phone, all these things are very short, quick hits of dopamine that don't actually bring me a lot. Let me rephrase. When reviewing my dopamine sources, I realized that there are loads of sources of dopamine in my life that give me something and loads of sources of dopamine in my life that I feel take something from me. Scrolling on my phone is super fun. I love to do it. And I do have time reserved to do it because I think it's important to have dopamine inducing activities that don't actually tax you very much. But it does take away from my intention span. It does. Sometimes you end up in a, in a, in a bit of a doom scroll and you're not even seeing anything that you're particularly enjoying, you're just in the habit of doing it. And I don't like falling into those traps. As much as I love sugar and junk food, I know how much better I feel generally when I don't eat those things. Everything in moderation, but I do find it hard to stick to doing that moderately. So I've really tried to examine my dopamine sources after 75 hard and try and keep aspects of the challenge that mean my dopamine is coming from healthy sources. Not eating junk food. I try to eat junk food exclusively Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 
And even on those days, I limit my intake. I don't eat too much of it. Not for any dieting purposes, just because of how it makes me feel. I'm aware that I'm, it's not even necessarily the food I want, it's the feeling I have after eating that kind of food, if that makes sense. And I'm trying to find that in other places. I love talking to my girlfriend more than anything. I love talking to her, I love conversing with her. It's so much fun. She has so many interesting thoughts and so many things. We can talk for hours about anything. But sometimes I feel too lazy to start a conversation. Sometimes I'd rather scroll because it's easier, which is absolutely fine. Sometimes she'd rather scroll than talk to me. Sometimes we have quiet time where we're both just scrolling. But sometimes when I want dopamine from a source that I'm aware isn't good for me, I'll try and get it from a better source. Sometimes I scroll because I'm procrastinating, because I have a long to-do list and I'm panicking about the things I have to do. And so I try and put it out of my mind. Rather than getting my dopamine now from scrolling, I will now do the difficult thing, take things off my to-do list and get the dopamine from that. It takes more effort and it's harder to do. To start that is harder. To kickstart and get up and do the things I need to do is harder, which is why it's not the go-to thing. We tend to do the convenient thing generally as human beings. It's not our fault. But doing the inconvenient thing for a long-term gain, that is one of the legacy things of completing 75 hard. I feel like I'm much better able to keep perspective through everything I'm doing. I'm much better able to understand I'm doing this now so I can have this later. That lesson is ingrained. It's really in there. And I've felt and seen the effects of what happens when I approach my life that way. So I've really been doing that. And my dopamine source has been one of those. I don't pick my phone up for at least half an hour when I wake up. That makes such a huge difference to my day. And a lot of the things that I go on my phone to feel, it's avoidance of doing things that are difficult, but those difficult things are just one small obstacle in the way of me having the feeling that I'm chasing anyway, of me having the dopamine that I want anyway. Completing things on my to-do list makes me happy. They're on my to-do list because they need to be done because I want certain things. The washing up is on my to-do list. Not because I enjoy washing up because I enjoy having clean dishes. And doing the washing up is the thing that's in the way of that. I can have the dopamine of having clean dishes. I just have to do this one thing first. And that lesson has really been ingrained in me. I'm really happy about that. In terms of exercise and the gym, as I said about the aspect of the challenge where you have to take a progress picture every day, I feel so happy about myself having done that. Not because I was changing. In fact, when I was taking a picture every day, I didn't actually see how I was changing. I wasn't even going to post comparison pictures of what I looked like before and after until one of my friends who I used to go to the gym with when I was younger, when we were both at university, he asked me to see the pictures one and 75 next to each other. I hadn't even compared myself until that point. So I included those pictures in one of my short form videos because yeah, I was really, I was really proud of the progress. But generally taking a picture of myself every day just felt really nice. It felt nice to document me. I have a phone with a camera. I could just see what I looked like every day. And that was really, really nice. I feel sadness now about not taking a picture of myself before this kind of thing, but it's not a mistake I'm ever going to make again. And that's really been ingrained. I'm really, I'm proud to be myself. I'm proud to be and see myself. And I'm proud to be proud of the person I am. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. In terms of gym and exercise and actually exercising, I still exercise every day, not twice a day. I feel that did start to feel time consuming towards the end. And also I do really believe in resting. I'd rather do three, maybe four intense sessions a week 
and prioritize rest and nutrition around that than do something every day. And I do think long term, I mean, I want to be able to exercise until, you know, I'm 90, God willing. So I really want to be able to do things consistently. So I've gone back to exercising, but I do exercise once a day. And when I say exercise, that isn't just weights, it's kinesthetics, mobility, stretching, walking, all of that kind of stuff. But every day I exercise, every day I close my Apple Watch rings and it feels good. It feels great. One of the things I am struggling with is drinking enough water though. Drinking a gallon of water every day, which I realized in the first episode, I gave the measurements for a US gallon. It was a UK gallon that I should have been drinking is what it is. But I struggle to drink enough water every day. And that's something I've gone back to struggling to do. Weirdly, that doesn't seem to have stuck at all, which is quite annoying. I do much better on days when I go to the gym in the morning. And that's one of the many reasons I prefer to go to the gym in the morning. It helps me stay off my phone. It sets my day up for what I feel like it needs to be. And I get to drink water first thing. I feel super hydrated. If I go to the gym at 6.37, by the time it hits 9 a.m., I've already drunk over a liter of water. Perfect. Amazing. So really, I'm trying to make sure that morning gym stays in my routine. But it's, it's, it's hard. It's all a work in progress. Even if I can't go to the gym, one of the things I do need to work on, I'm saying this out loud so I get back on it, is making sure I drink enough water. It just does make such a big difference. Helps keep my mind clearer. In terms of reading, I have been reading less nonfiction since finishing 75 Hard. I read every day anyway. I read fiction every single day. I have since the beginning of last year. And reading is my entertainment. I read as much, if not more than, I watch TV because I read every single day before I go to bed, but I don't watch TV every day. So reading was always a habit anyway. I'm reading slightly less nonfiction because as I said, that's more, it feels educational, well, it is usually educational. And yeah, I, I, I do prefer fiction. I prefer to escape, you know, I prefer to get onto a word that's not my own. But I am still reading nonfiction. I'm sticking to reading at least one nonfiction book every month. So I feel like I'm doing, I'm doing enough with that. Yeah, that was strangely something that a lot of people really didn't like about the rules of this challenge, the reading nonfiction every day. There's nothing wrong with nonfiction. It's actually really, it's very good for you. Nonfiction doesn't mean 48 laws of power, rich dad, poor dad, how to be rich, how to make friends. And what's, what's the one? Influence people and make friends and not enemies and all, all of that kind of stuff. It doesn't have to be self-help. It's just education and education in the way that I like it, where I get to learn things that I'm interested in and things on my terms. So yeah, that's really stuck. And I've really continued to enjoy reading. One of my favorite things to do. Doing 75 hard was super important for me. It was a really big deal. Would I do it again? I absolutely would. In fact, I do intend to do it again next year. I think in terms of recentering me, recalibrating me, making me spend time in myself, making me put time into myself and put time and effort into myself. It was huge. It was a really huge deal. And it made me feel so valued to myself as well. I've said this before, but this is something that I really, with every day that passes, really understand to be true, is that showing up for myself every day did wonders for my self-esteem. Wonders. And self-esteem is very important. I think I've tried to deny its importance to myself when I didn't really have it to convince myself that, yeah, it's fine. You can, you can be absolutely fine without it. And you can, you absolutely can. It's just that it's much easier when you're able to show love to yourself and take care of yourself better. As someone who 
has had insecurity in themselves, but also in their circumstances in life. One of my greatest cravings has always been stability. I've always really wanted and needed stability. And when I felt unstable in myself, it was very hard to find stability in the things around me. And that's improved massively in the last few years, last four to five years. But especially this year, and especially because of this challenge, I know how it feels, what it looks like to show up for myself every single day. And that has filled me with so much contentment, but also reassurance. It's amazing to know that I can trust myself. It's really stabilizing and really affirming to know that I love myself and value myself enough to do what I need to do to take care of myself every day. And that if things were to go bad around me, I could trust myself to show up and do the things I need to do to make things good again. It's really nice to be able to trust and rely on myself. And that's something that I've got out of this challenge that is worth everything, worth everything that I did. There's absolutely no way that I would say I regret doing this. Absolutely no way. I really, really, it did exactly what I hoped it would do. The one thing I want to say is that when I posted about this, some of the comments I got, I understood what the place they were coming from, but it was as if I was telling people, go and do this challenge right now. It's going to change your life. And those comments were all on the short form content that came from the longer form video. So I understand that people didn't have the context. But one thing I really, really want to underline is that I chose to do 75 hard because it looked like it was going to work for me. I know me. I know my strengths. I know my weaknesses. I know the things that motivate me. I know what's going to work for me. To improve yourself, to show up for yourself, to get the things that I've got out of this challenge, you don't have to do this challenge. It doesn't have to be this. If you were to write a list of five things that you feel would really improve your life and were to say, I'm going to do these things every day for a month, that would really help. That would change your life. And that doesn't have to, they don't have to be extreme things or things that are difficult for you to do. If it was literally when I was learning to produce, if I said, okay, I'm going to watch half an hour of tutorials on YouTube every day for a month, that would hugely improve my skills. These things, all this self-improvement stuff is so personal and one person's journey isn't necessarily another person's journey. So there's absolutely no need for me to sit here and say, you must do this and this is what's going to improve your life because that's not true. It's just what worked for me. The biggest thing that I got from this or the biggest things that I got from this were all so personal. And my encouragement isn't to do the 75 hard. It's to do what works for you and to stick to it consistently, not to punish yourself, not because you don't like who you are, but because you deserve it. And the feeling after having shown up for yourself consistently is an amazing one and one that everybody deserves to feel. I'm super grateful that I managed to show up for myself. I managed to do all of those things. I'm super glad that I feel the way I feel about life. And of course, life is continuous. Life is ever moving. And these good feelings that I have now, they might change. As I change, I might not feel this sense of security. But when something else shows up, and I'll be able to deal with it. Safety 5 Hard was great for me. It was really interesting to do. 
it was really nice to see the effects of it. And I'll probably do it again. Would I go as far as to say it was fun? Probably not. I say of the 75 days, probably about 15 of them felt smooth. As if it felt perfectly smooth. Felt like a normal day. Felt like everything went as I wanted it to go. 15 of them, which is a, what? It's about 20%. Absolutely fine is what it is. But it was a challenge. It was a struggle. That said, the fact that only 15 days went to plan, 15 or so went days went to plan, and I still managed to do it, that helped a lot as well. I know now that I'm able to adapt to circumstances to do what I know needs to be done, and that's cool too. Essentially what I'm saying is, 75 hard was very worth it for me. It was worth it because I showed up for myself and the lessons I've got from it have been very valuable. Your version of 75 hard doesn't have to be this specific challenge. It could be anything. On top of that, you don't even have to look at something to improve yourself or recalibrate yourself if you like where you are. Contentment is always the goal. If I'm cool with where I am, I'm happy with how things are going, I don't need to put myself through anything intense. And that's really what I'm always trying to get to, an area of contentment where I can really say, okay, I'm okay with how things are going. But contentment is something you work for. And I'm always willing to work for it. I think that's the last time I'm going to talk about 75 hard for a while. In fairness to me, it's only two episodes and it was a big deal. Regardless, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. Whatever you're doing this week, I hope you have a wonderful one.